Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Whitney Robles. And this is not Whitney's debut, because she was on our episode of Tenant, but Whitney Robles is my wife, in case you didn't know. And today we reviewed the 2020 movie starring Gerard Butler, Greenland. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we talk about Romance Corner, how this may be one of the best disaster movie relationships we've ever seen. We talk about what we would do if we had a 50-50 shot of surviving in a bunker in Greenland or watching a meteor kill us all. And this is my favorite disaster movie. All that and more on Movies on the Side. So typically, Nate and I, we do a Rotten Tomatoes at the beginning. You know, Rotten Tomatoes, like critics score it and then audience score it. So what would you guess critics gave this movie Greenland? For end of the world? Or is that not a category? So we've revisited this category many times because I like it. Nate doesn't really like it. I don't know. Do you like disaster movies? I keep a low bar for them. (laughs) Right. But for all movies, like Rotten Tomatoes, they score all movies. So what would you say? What do you think critics might have given this movie? I guess like a three or four. It's out of 100%. (laughs) What? The Rotten Tomato score is out of 100%. So three or four out of five means multiply them by 20. So you're thinking 60%? 60 to 80%. (laughs) That's a wide range. And I'll say that uh, you covered both. The critic score, they gave it a 78%. That's certified fresh for Rotten Tomatoes. And then the audience score was 65%. Audience was less? It was, which is strange for disaster movies. That's strange for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, audiences usually give it a higher score. So what would you say? We've seen a lot of disaster movies together. I've subjected you to many. How do you feel Greenland now compares to other disaster movies that we've seen? Five stars. (laughs) I will say I did find it pleasantly surprising. This was... It took a while to get on rent. I was resisting the urge to buy this movie for $20. We waited till it came for rent. And then I feel like it was actually a good movie. And then in disaster movie terms, it was like a really great disaster movie. Right. Main characters, Gerard Butler played John Garrity. And then the wife, I was going to say estranged wife, but I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that's an accurate term. But Morena Bakarin? How would you say that name? Morena Baccarin. Nate typically corrects me on pronunciations, but it's, yeah, Marina Baccarin. She played the wife, Allison Garrity. How did you feel we're going to do Romance Corner, which we typically do on episodes when there's like a couple involved? Do we get to kiss? Me and you? Yeah. I mean, we can, but you said you weren't feeling well today, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a great idea. But how would you say Romance Corner was? This movie shapes it as they're like struggling because we find out what happened later in the movie. We found out what happened between them later in the movie. But as a couple, did you believe that they were a struggling couple? And did you also feel like throughout the course of the movie that they had chemistry together? Which is hard to have a lot of chemistry because they were in a lot of like life and death situations. <laughs> it's, it's instant chemistry when it's crisis. That's right. Isn't that from, you saw Speed, right? With Sandra Bullock and driving the bus. And I think the line from that movie is like, you never trust your feelings in a traumatic situation because you're always going to feel. I've heard relationships based on intense experiences never work. Okay. Ask a fireman. (laughs) What is that from? They're they're always saving people. Do they always feel emotionally attached to those people? I think the people feel attached to them. Oh, that's a good point. What if they're just trying to save you but not doing a good job of it? Would you still feel attached to them? Good effort. 
A for effort. If, you, if you're married to a person and then they are also like trying to save you and save your family, that's probably a pretty attractive action, right? That's like everyday life. With kids, at least. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so this movie, the premise is a massive asteroid. I think it's asteroid when it's or meteor. They discuss that in the opening. They, dis- they discuss that in the movie. When the kid says something and corrects the dad or whatever. Yep. But there's a massive rock heading towards earth oh i think he said it was gas yeah gas wouldn't make craters in the earth though so <laughs> there's there's got to be rock somewhere in in this thing no clark is a comet silly not an asteroid oh, a comet i didn't know there was a difference comets move faster like way way faster so massive thing coming it rains small ones here and there so you get like little explosions and shock waves and then there's like the big one extinction level event we'll do a spoiler horn in a second because we'll save like what happens at the end if people want to see it if they want to just hear our review of it first like overall and then after the spoiler horn we'll we'll talk about the rest but that was the premise and then like craziness ensues we already kind of talked about what it, what you would rate it but we're going to rate it on a scale of zero to five pancakes and i'll talk about why in a second you just gave me a funny look <laughs> but it's going to make sense do you remember when they were at her dad's house and he says he's going to make something for the kid Right. He says we're going to make pancakes. Yep. But they never actually eat the pancakes, and I was kind of upset by that. They never even made them. That's what I'm saying. He had plenty of time. He was, like, goofing off in the barn. (laughs) He could have made the pancakes. Anyway, on a scale of zero to five pancakes. Now, this is a general rating of the movie. This is a general rating of the movie. I know not compared to other disaster movies, just, like, overall. I mean, it's not a five out of five movie. I don't think we've even gave a movie a full five yet. But (laughs) how would you, from your subjective opinion, what would you give this movie? How many pancakes? I can't separate it from end of the world movies. It's just in my head as five stars, five pancakes. You're going to give this movie (laughs) called Greenland about a meteor or asteroid of gas five out of five pancakes. Yep. (laughs) You're saying this is a perfect movie. (laughs) Well, I mean, just because the bar is set so low initially, I like every disaster movie starts with a couple on the rocks. And like this couple was the best of all of those. And their restoration was the best of all. And they had, what do you call it when they go through? Spoilers, by the way. Oh. That's okay. (laughs) Is it a montage where they go through scene by scene? They go like their past, like their history, yeah. Yeah, that was good too. So this is a perfect movie. This is the first rating you're giving on the show. (laughs) Tenet, you rated, but you didn't really see it. So (laughs) I don't know if that one counts. Perfect movie. I'm going to give this movie... I can't also give it... I'm going to give it a four and a half. I'm going to give it a high rating. Wow. Because I do believe this is a very good movie... Disaster movie or not, because I think it tells a good story. It's also basically a Christian movie, <laughs> which we discussed because they quote scripture at length, <laughs> mostly Revelation, because of the whole <laughs> world-ending asteroid. I think it's a, a really good movie. I think it's worth a rent, too, Like if you just want to see a, a good movie, if you like action and or disaster, like myself. I think it's a good rental, for sure. We're going to sound the spoiler horn, then we talk about some specifics. <laughs> Also, you mentioned, as we were watching the movie, that every disaster movie has a couple on the rocks. And that blew my mind, because it is true. <laughs> like, 90% of movies with Dwayne The Rock Johnson are him and his separated and or almost ex-wife. But it's like rarely actual ex. Like, it's always like separated. Right. There has to be a chance. There has to be a chance. that like, I thought, why? Like, there's some movies that it's not like that. Like, older disaster movies like The Core. Do you remember that one? Yep. There's no there's a couple in that movie. I think The Day After Tomorrow, there's not. 
Is that the big tsunami one? I think there's also a tsunami, but then it ends in like the cold where there's like a frozen, like oh. a freezing thing. You know what I mean? It's the father and son. Didn't the son have a girl he was like sweet on? It was a girlfriend. Yeah. 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 San Andreas was doing the Rock Johnson. It's him and a separated wife. That's the one that sticks in the head. <laughs> yep. And then 2012, the one with... Is that like, the flood? The flood. The arc? Like Tibet. Yeah, they, they have like the <laughs> literal arcs. That's uh, John Cusack and his wife are either divorced or separated. And like the kid, the the new boyfriend of the wife is like the pilot doctor. But he eventually dies in that movie. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, but it's from 2012. <laughs> but anyway, so this movie, they are separated, but I do feel like of disaster movies, it's a good story of their relationship. And we learn why they're on the rocks like midway through the movie. Well, before we get to that, let me mention this one scene. If you've seen it or if you haven't seen it, they get separated, the husband and wife, and she is with their son who has diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So like, I think they said type 1. Oh, that's right. Type 1. And so a, comp- a complication and everything, like they need to get the insulin. And she gets separated with the son apart from the husband, Gerard Butler. They hitchhike in this van and there's like this wacko couple that picks them up. Still haunts my nightmares. It is a... Like, disturbing scene. It is. Like, I will not lie. Like, it's really disturbing. I don't even want to go into it. But we have that scene. And then, do you believe that she actually finds her son later? Like, I feel like in the in this, like, chaos, this is, like, worldwide chaos, thousands of people trying to get into these, like, military bases to, like, go on planes. I feel like she, there's probably a very, very little chance she would actually find her son. But she did. I think you can claim mother's intuition for that one. For getting out of the van at the right point and, like... <sighs> Screaming at people till you get someone to show you where to go. <laughs> <laughs> she there was that one scene where she she literally like went up to a military guy who wasn't listening and said like go over to those tents and she like she runs up to that table and the person behind the table's like ma'am get in line and she did like the frantic mother thing that you see in a lot of movies like somebody listen to me like someone yep. has to listen to me that's what it takes that's, that's why that's there are mothers because they will do that. But I believed her in that. Like, I thought she, as an actress, did a good job portraying that kind of, like, frantic, I'm trying to look for my son deal. Yeah. So I thought that was good. And I, it was an emotional, like, rejoining, too, like, when she actually found her son. And you feel like she's going from tent to tent, like, looking for him, and she gets, like, frazzled. I felt that as a parent, too, I feel like. It was a perfect timing, too. Not too long, not too short. Right. Keeps you guessing if she's going to find him. I thought, like, the kid would be in the first tent she looks at. And yeah. then when he wasn't, I was like, oh, they're going to like drag us through for like 30 seconds. The f- so we had, we watched this movie over two nights and after the first, I didn't realize how intense this movie is. <laughs> this movie is super intense. And like, I turned it off. And I said, well, let's go to bed. <laughs> like our hearts rate were probably like 120. Like it's an intense, intense movie. Yeah. A good intense. Like if you could watch it from front to back in one sitting, that'd probably be better. <laughs> Cause I feel like where we stopped it, it was like, we're going to have a nightmare and there's no, <laughs> there's no getting around it at this point. Yeah. I wasn't even invested when we started watching it. Cause it was like end of the world movie. Like, right. oh, I'll watch it half asleep. Yeah. But, uh, I did not. But it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it was hard the first night going to sleep with knots in the stomach, but yeah, yeah. They get separated and they eventually, they've both communicated to each other that they're trying to go to her dad's house to meet up. Like that's going to be where they're going to get together. So they eventually get there. Her dad, we find out because Gerard Butler had an affair, her dad like doesn't like him, obviously. And so like we get that tension and this is where we discover what happened. But it's at this point where Gerard Butler tells his wife that there's these planes in Canada 
if we leave right now, we might be able to make it and have a chance to like survive this whole thing and go to Greenland because that's where these like bases are. He finds that out from a guy on a truck who that's also a very disturbing scene, like where he has to like fight people with a hammer. But anyway, so at this house, I want to say two things. One, I love the dad character, the wife's dad character, who's like old farm guy, like really gruff and rough. I don't know. I feel like I liked his character. Did you like him? I did not at first. Right. uh, Right. Yeah. By the end, he was like main guy out of the (laughs) five minutes he was on screen. And when the good Lord's ready for me to join her, I'm going to be right here in this place, too. Once Gerard Butler's trying to say, we need to like leave now, drive nine hours to Canada to try and catch this plane that may or may not be there, that'll go to a bunker that may or may not be there, that we may or may not get into. And I think at that point when we were watching the movie, you were like, nah, I'd stay in the barn. Like You would just stay yep. there, and this extinction-level event, <laughs> meteor, asteroid, rock, gas is going to kill everyone. But you think you would like not like hold on to hope to go to the plane. You just stay at the farm and like look at each other's eyes while the shockwave kills us. <laughs> is that accurate? I think with all of the obstacles stacked against them, I would have rather done that than to start out and watch each us each of us like die one at a time or get in car accidents <laughs> or get hit with a flying meteor piece. Right. Like all the things that didn't happen in the movie that probably should have to end the movie, I would have taken those last few moments just together. What percentage chance would you have needed to say, okay, let's go right now? Like percentage chance knowing like you're actually going to do like find the plane, fly to Greenland, make it in the bunker and survive. Like what percentage chance does it need to be for you to say like, okay, let's do it? Uh, Just a guess, like 50%. So 50% chance you'd go for it. I think so. I just think the odds were so much... (laughs) slimmer than that i mean and they didn't even know what challenges they would face in addition to not knowing if this was even real like he heard this from one dude who died in a scene prior and like had no way to confirm any of this yeah i also assumed that in the bunker there were no medical supplies and so for their son with diabetes like that's kind of a death sentence for him so i I think there was a scene though where there was like a tv showing like footage from inside the bunker though and they implied that there was medical supplies there but okay 50 50 chance if you chose to stay at the barn, the news was actually like counting down when this meteor was going to hit. I wouldn't hit. be watching the news. You wouldn't want to know when the shockwave was going to come and like take us out? No, I'd blast some music as loud as I could stand it, make some good food, sit and eat together, <laughs> What <if> La- you... <laughs> Lord's Supper, final prayer. What if you plan to make like chicken parmesan that takes two hours though and it's going to hit in an hour? They knew how soon it was coming. Like they Less knew how many hours they had left, but I wouldn't listen yeah. to a countdown. So I'd plan my meal accordingly. <laughs> In take a shower. Take a shower? <laughs> you can get dressed up for this It makes event? you feel good. Before to be, to have get a shower. hit by a meteor. Right. <laughs> the, the, in so, the movie, the extinction level event meteor was hitting at like 8.30 in the morning. Awkward time to plan for your death. I would have just slept in then. <laughs> <laughs> would that count as dying in your sleep? <laughs> I think that's what you and Nate agreed of how to die, right? I think so. Well, as long as go. it's not like someone suffocating us in our sleep. But, <laughs> but what, I mean, I imagine you would wake up with the sound first. So you probably can't sleep through it. I don't know. So you, you wouldn't try to like get up and make eggs and bacon. Like you would say, let's just sleep through I wouldn't through spend it. my last day on earth trying to lose sleep and wake up early. What would you do if one of our kids woke us up at 6 a.m. Oh. in the morning? <laughs> That's rough on any morning. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to like get up early though and like watch the sunrise or something? I guess that would be kind of a nice last thing to do. 
I feel like that would make I'd, sense. I'd have to have some coffee with it, though. That'd be nice. <laughs> I would do coffee. Would you like want to stand outside and watch the shockwave that's about to kill us come? I think I'd stay inside. You just stay inside? Yeah. Windows open or closed? I don't know. Like windows open, you hear it. I don't know. Would you hear it coming more or windows closed and there's like glass breaking everywhere? Right. I think glass is going to break no matter what. <laughs> so think, what would be the difference i think you would hear a rumble i don't know i feel like i would want to see it coming because you you're gonna hear a rumble like to hear it and not see it i feel like would be scarier i feel like we've watched a lot of end of the world movies but i like there's end of the world movies where there's like a wave or something that's gonna obviously kill a couple and the couple either like stares at it while holding each other or will like kiss like it's new year's eve and the ball's dropping but it's actually a tidal wave that's about to kill them and they just like kiss as it's coming. I feel like I would want to plan, like I want to do something in the moment. Like I would want to either like be like arms around each other as we stare death in the face or maybe like kiss. I don't know. I just want to be staring for like a minute and a half waiting for it to come <laughs> get us. <laughs> it might take a while. I'm not going to lie. That, that time there I think is enough to induce some panic. That's true. Okay. 50-50 chance. You would go though. And we see Gerard Butler and his wife go. They actually find this airport in the middle of nowhere they fly on this rickety plane which is terrifying (laughs) and they have to like dodge asteroids and then they make it to the bunker and like they actually see the extinction level meteor coming which is terrifying like this massive thing yep and they have to like literally run down these stairs in the bunker when the we get to the end of the movie we see like this 3d image of earth with like it looks like swiss cheese like just these huge craters in the earth but then they say like they spend nine months down in the bunker and then what i was thinking is it's not like you can then just take a plane and fly home. Nope. A, your home is not there. They are Greenland residents. <laughs> but not even like, <laughs> they're like bunker residents. And, <laughs> you know, it's not even like there's some plane manufacturing plant that'll pop out a plane in the next year to take it. Like, basically, I would think for the next decade or two, you're basically just there in that bunker, right? Yeah. I'm not even sure if they could, like, grow vegetation. If the ground is all like unusable, right. uh, that's that's another reason I may not go. Also, so that's part of that fifty percent chance. Maybe I just stay right. at home. Because I was thinking, like, quality of life after that. Like, you don't like you don't get a job. <laughs> you don't like you have no money, and like there's not even a place to spend money. Like, there's no like Walgreens. They just ruined our consumerism. Yeah, well, not just consumerism, but like <laughs> groceries or iPhones. Anything. I mean, every cell tower is probably taken out. But also, when they open the blast doors nine months later, there's like these two birds flying around. I don't believe those birds survived. I didn't buy that. Did you believe that? I was kind of wondering, like, did those birds just hatch after all of this? <laughs> or did they <laughs> somehow survive? Would've... Like, that didn't really... But but yeah. I thought it, it was, again, a biblical reference to, like, Noah's the Ark. Yeah. They rest on the mountain. The dove gets sent out. The raven gets sent out. There's your two birds. Right. You start over. Yep. Anyway, do you think they? Do you think Gerard Butler and his wife lived happily ever after? Yes. Why do you think that? I mean, there's not many people to choose from anymore, so they might as well <laughs> stick together. <laughs> so, so, so limited choice. They should stick together. I feel like they also, they actually have a nice scene in the car. I think they're driving. It's when they're driving up to Canada, and Gerard Butler actually says, "Like it was my fault." He, I feel like he does like a genuine apology, and she says something like, "No matter how bad it got, I crossed the line, and you didn't." I'm just as much to blame about us. 
of all the disaster movie couple conversations like because that conversation happens in every disaster movie like in san andreas the rock and his wife talk in the helicopter or no they talk in a car about why he never talked about their daughter dying or something like that like there's always this kind of cathartic conversation where the man opens up or whatever i feel like most of those conversations are a little hollow i feel like this one it was actually good like it actually felt like this is what a couple say and the conver- how the conversation would go if they were genuinely trying to reconcile yes Thank you for your service. <laughs> so listeners, if you'd like to hear Whitney on more episodes, you can tell us on our Instagram at movies on the side. And don't forget to give us a five star rating and review in Apple podcasts. And you can support the show at patreoncom slash movies on the side. And then usually when we end the show, I typically say this thing where, as we always say, which is kind of funny because we always say something different. <laughs> and Nate usually does a quote from the movie. Uh Oh, So usually what he does, I imagine, is he pulls up IMDb and he reads one of the quotes. This is the only quote in this movie's IMDb. I remember that part. It's a pretty good quote, though. The kid says it. And as we always say. My friend Teddy says your life flashes in front of your eyes when you die. (laughs) 